All right. Hey, hey, hey. Good morning, green team. So nice to be with you today. I'm excited because we're going to be talking with Lee Recca of Denver Permaculture Guild and talking about what the heck is permaculture. Um, so uh, I'm also going to tell you about a few things we have coming up. But first, I just want to say hi, Lee. <laughs> hi. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> All right, so we're going to dive in in a second. Um, just want to let you know a few things coming up. The Earth Week Summit is April 17th to the 24th. And next week's podcast, we're going to dive in and I'm going to give you a tour of all the cool things that we have going on. Um, it'll be a little bit different this year. So I think that um, you'll love it. It's We've got all kinds of neat stuff um, in there between we have a pop-up group all month long in April. If you have events in, in April that you want to us to cross-promote, we can become promoting partners with you. Uh, we're doing um, fundraising to, to plant a thousand trees with our buddies in Kenya, the Mabinju uh, Powerhouse Youth Group. So that's a fun thing too. We're gonna be talking about what getting, we getting updates right now from the 2020 challengers in the International Climate Action Challenge. So we're gonna be giving you an update of what all they've done, uh, and then also look at what's coming for the 2021 International Climate Action Challenge. So all kinds of cool stuff happening with that, um, as well as the challenge itself, just to kind of keep that on your radar that that launches August 18th. Um, so, all right. So with that, let's get, let's get Lee in here and, um, yeah, Lee, do you want to just start by kind of introducing yourself and telling us, um, like, how did you, how did, so I know you're the president of the Denver Permaculture Guild, but how did you, what's your story? How did you get to this point? I'm sure it's a long story. So <laughs> try to make it short. Yeah. Um, I was moving into a new home in uh, 2012, and um, I had been living up in the foothills and uh, was very interested in native plants up there. So, um, so then I moved down onto the flatlands, as we call it, of Denver, and um, was interested in, I have a property with um, quite a bit of land around it, so um, I heard about the permaculture design course from some uh, of my new neighbors who had taken the first course. And so I enrolled in the second course that was offered here in Denver. And that was in 2012 of, in the fall. And it's a six month course that lasted until um, spring of 2013. And I got to say, it really changed my life. It really changed my outlook, not only towards my land, but also towards um, how I approach any other problems in my life or opportunities. And um, it it really changed my thinking. And, you know, I'm a completely different person than I was back in the, the aught years. <laughs> so... Um, that's basically my story. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Cause that's a, I, that's, that's a pretty short amount of time to, 
to kind of go from what is permaculture to to now living it in so many different ways. So yeah, you're acting as president for, or you know, working as serving as president for the Denver Permaculture Guild, and I know that you help people that are um, changing up their their land as well. So that's really a cool transformation. So yeah, so let's start with that question um, of of what is permaculture. I I I have heard about it on and off for years. I remember doing a tour. Um, we did it's like a sustainable house tour in in Boulder a few decades ago and came across one house that had edible landscape and they were talking about permaculture and I was like this is amazing. I don't really understand what it is, but it was so different than than all the other homes. I could tell there was something um, uh -huh. real going on. So, how what would you say as far as you know, just the basics? What is permaculture? Well, permaculture has evolved over time, and it started out way down in uh, Tasmania, actually, in the '60s and '70s. Um, as a movement, and um, there was an, a University of Tasmania professor, Bill Mollison, who uh, worked with one of his graduate students, uh, David Holmgren, and uh, they studied indigenous uh, peoples of that area and um, up in, into Southeast Asia and so on um, to learn how they had uh, had practiced agriculture over the centuries and how they were um, practicing in such a way as to not deplete the the land and um, pollute the uh, elements and so on. So they came up with um, a, a guiding system of 12 principles. And uh, thank you, Joan, for showing this. Uh, so these are the 12 principles that guide us and that we study. And then uh, later on, we develop the three ethics, which you see in the center there, of earth care, people care, and fair share. Um, so uh, the, um, the principles are very interesting because you can apply them not just to a garden or something like that, but to a culture or a civilization or a situation in your life. For instance, if you take the second principle, uh, which is catch and store energy. Um, so this, this kind of applies to plants, especially right now in the spring, um, we're heading into spring, right? So we can, think hopefully, um, that the uh, leaves and buds um, catch energy uh, in the cells of the leaves and uh, they put it to work in uh, cre creating food for the uh, plant to grow. And however, if you want to apply it to a social uh, situation, um, we uh, catch and store energy when we talk to our neighbors and we um, we gather information and we bounce ideas off each other and um, we we create a movement just like permaculture is a movement. 
but it, it could be um, Earth Week or um, the climate challenge uh, like you have created. You are practicing permaculture, Joan, by catching and storing energy. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So cool. And I love too that you, you were talking about how the name of permaculture, that, you know, that concept um, named in that way was started in Tasmania, but really it's the millennia of traditional ecological knowledge that have, as you said, has been the system that is, how do you work in concert with nature as part of nature without degrading it, that that's the real magic. And I know when I took the, the financial permaculture course um, that you guys, that Denver Permaculture Guild hosted with, with Michael Alcazar, and he said that the that he felt like permaculture was probably about one of the closest ways to convey some of that indigenous um, holistic perspective that is not perfect and hit, but it's pretty dang close. So if for people that understand, wow, these guys had something figured out that our dominant culture doesn't, that permaculture could be a bridge to, to, to start understanding um, all of that. Yeah. That's right, Joan. Um, we, uh, uh, we have, especially here in the U.S. and in Europe and most places, we have been practicing extractive uh, agriculture for, you know, a couple of centuries. And, um, and so when you extract resources and take them away um, without uh, regeneration, um, you're just, uh, you're just, um, um, buying from the or stealing from the future actually and so this has come uh to this has come to fruition where we have depleted soils in the midwest erosion um we have water problems drought problems and of course we have climate change and a lot of that is due to our extractive agriculture practices that, and we, we have to change those. So we're looking to um, cultures that uh, lived in harmony with nature. And um, one, of the, one of the main points is that indigenous cultures have um, followed natural processes. Uh, for instance, you know, they will, um, they will do uh, things that are appropriate for the season and um, and they will um, find natural ways to catch and store energy in, in the form of light and also in the form of water. Um, so a lot of the studying that we do is are things like um, uh, enriching the soil, amending the soil, and not uh, extracting from it without uh, giving back again. Also, um, building um, uh, structures that will help us to sink and, uh, and um, slow the flow of water so that we don't have, you know, pavements and roofs that just rush the water away from from where it's needed. 
um, and also ways to um, keep the air clean, you know, all of the different elements that plants need to, to thrive and that people need to thrive. That's, that's cool. And so the permaculture design course kind of walks through all those different elements. Um, and so Lee, what would be an idea? Let's say if you're working with somebody who has a, you know, maybe a small yard in um, Denver or somewhere that's, that's just grass. It's mostly, you know, just grass. You got a couple trees, a couple bushes along the side. <laughs> What, what would be kind of a starting point um, when I was thinking it might be helpful for people to visualize what does a permaculture landscape? And I, I think one of the main things about permaculture is every site is different. And mm -hmm. so that's the kind of cool thing about it. But maybe in general or imagining somewhere that you've worked or your own home, um, what would that transformation actually look like? Well, we start with uh, principle number one, observe and interact. And so, you know, um, I was at the Landscaping with Native Plants conference this past weekend, and um, they, they said, you know, if you want to put in a garden this year, don't go out and buy a bunch of plants first thing. First thing, go out in, in your uh, landscape and um, observe, you know, where does the sun fall? Uh, where do, where do, does the uh, melting snow pool up? And, you know, where, where does it melt first? Um, and uh, how, what is the flow of energy, uh, wind, people, noise, birds, um, you know, all kinds of things? Where are the views and so on? And uh, interact with the with the landscape. And then another uh, good starting point is to think about yourself. You know, um, most gardeners uh, start with growing tomatoes, but, you know, whether they like tomatoes or not, you know, and so um, you, you have to really ask yourself and ask your family or, you know, other people who are going to be using this landscape what do you want to use it for? You know, uh, the third or fourth principle is obtain a yield. And uh, a yield may not be something that you put into a bushel basket and sell at the farmer's market. It may be, you know, experiences that you have with your, with your family, or um, uh, it may be um, uh, painting, painting the landscape or writing uh, poetry about the landscape. So you have to decide first, what do, uh, what kind of yield do you want? What do you want to use that land for? And, and that will uh, help you start out, uh, start right. <laughs> oh, and we have a little kitty cat visitor. <laughs> I love that. I went through the Monet exhibit. I don't know if you got to... Yes, I did. But I didn't realize that those gardens that he was painting the whole last part of his life, that he had grown them basically to paint. Mm -hmm. And so that's a great example of, um, you know, if that's what you want to do. And his whole thing was 
painting the different light that fell on the, you know, trying to capture that light on the canvas. And so um, that was his deal. But I also know that he's he stopped at noon every day and had his neighbors over and they had a lunch from things in the garden as well. But I would say he is a pretty good permaculturist in some respects then. I would agree, definitely. <laughs> Um, all right. So, so how about the um, the the permaculture design course that Denver Permaculture Guild is offering? Um, so, this is something that you do annually, and now with COVID and everything, how are you? How did that go last year? How are you doing it this year? Well, we did have a PDC. Uh, for short, last year. Um, and um, we have a nice uh, selection of offerings this year. I'm very pleased because there's a lot of demand and there's pent-up demand because some people wanted to uh, hold off um, last year with, you know, all of the restrictions. So uh, we are going to be offering a, um, a rather intensive uh, permaculture permaculture design course uh, starting in late July that'll be hands-on and will be outdoors and it will be six weekends over three months. And uh, I'm very excited about that and getting back into uh, the, the courses that we've known in the past. And we also, are, I am pleased to uh, say that we are going to partner with the Pikes Peak Permaculture Guild um, they have about 20 students that have been waiting patiently uh, for about a year to, to take the course. And we have about 12 people here who want to start out, even though we'll have to do the first two months on Zoom. And we won't be able to meet in person until probably around the end of May. Um, so, so we have. Um, that will be a traditional six-month course. And then the Boulder Permaculture people are offering a residential program up at Sunrise Ranch uh, for two weeks in July. So we have quite a selection of things that, that can uh, help you. Wow. I want to do all of those. <laughs> okay, so the the traditional six month one starts in April, mm -hmm. and the first couple months will be remote, right? And then and then you'll move into in person as as things kind of open up, um, and so that goes April through October, right? I think okay, and then you have the the six, the three month course the starting late July. Okay. Okay. And then the 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 Boulder Permaculture Guild has the residential. Um, and did you say that's two weeks? Two or, weeks. Oh my gosh, that's so cool! Yeah, I want to do all those. Well, I think I'm going to do that first one with you. Yes. Um, yeah. So so that's exciting. And also, we've been talking about how cool this is because we're partnering with Denver Permaculture Guild and the Climate Action Challenge. Well probably on the Earth Week Summit too. Um, but we're we're thinking about people that are going through the permaculture design course 
that how cool it will be that they can then hop into the the climate action challenge and make you know i know that um the new and other people have been thinking about you know how would you do like a nonprofit farm or a healing center or or something and so to be able to get the the grounding in the course like literal grounding like in the ground <laughs> and then take those ideas and and make it happen that kind of passion to action in 90 days so excited for this this partnership yeah Ew. um and so then what are some of the other courses um so interested to to hear i mean when you said as far as like changing your life i do felt feel like the going through that financial permaculture course that michael taught it was it was such a relief because you know i've been an admirer of uh indigenous wisdom and seen it as such for such a long time but not known how to you know it's hard to figure out how how to interact um and you know there's all the stuff of <clears throat> cultural appropriation and you know there's a lot of things to navigate so it's really nice to know that that um that permaculture is kind of a pathway through that in in a respectful um way and i was surprised too that it wasn't just about garden design it's about a whole way of being so so some of the other courses that you have are touching on on that so what else is denver permaculture guild offering well, we are very fortunate that we have one of the pioneers in social permaculture here in Denver, uh, Adam Brock, and he wrote the book. Of social, I mean, there are other social permaculture books, but his uh, is called Change Here Now, and it is uh, it has just been out for a year or two, and so it's very up to date, and it talks about the patterns of uh, social permaculture and um, and how to use the principles and apply them to our, our social activities. And this course is very popular here in Denver. You know, uh, the land-based permaculture, thank you, um, is, uh, is not for everybody because, you know, some, a lot of people don't have land that they can work on and um, they, you know, so a lot of this um, is is uh, beyond their their abilities right now, but everybody can practice social permaculture. <laughs> and so uh, we uh, he has said that he wants to start a, a new course as soon as we can meet safely in person because social permaculture uh, is difficult to teach over over Zoom. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, sorry to interrupt, but was was I think Adam talked? Was he talking about like home sharing was one of the ways? I'm not sure if it was him or somebody else, but to, um, to understand yes. what is like an example of of what you'd you know what would social permaculture be practically? Well, I think that the easiest way to explain it is that you have different zones in your life. You have zone zero, which is your your own person. And then you have zone one, uh, you, you know, your household and so on. And you're then um, moving up to your neighborhood and then your community and your tribe and the world. Um, and so um, 
social permaculture um, works within these different spheres to um, uh, to impact social change and improvement and to apply the the principles. Hmm. Neat. Um, and so what would be like, what, how would that, how would that look practically? Let's say if you're using social permaculture in your community. Well, one of the ways we use it uh, frequently is we form pods of uh, people. Um, I think the ideal size is about eight or nine people and um, they, um, they are self-determining and they decide on projects that they want to work on and um, to mobilize um, people. Um, so uh, disaster relief is, is one of the uh, ways that it's supplied and also um, creating a different um, sustainable food systems, food delivery systems um, to do uh, community development, uh, job training, and things like that. It sounds like pretty much all of our, like our challengers who went through the challenge in 2020 each, you know, oh, let me see if I can start a, a climate action team at my school or, yes, you know, or plant some number of trees or get, you know, team going. So, okay, cool. All right. That, that's neat. And I'd also like to mention about our seasonal gathering. The next one is coming up March 20th. And we've started these, they, they happen four times a year. And uh, at first, we um, it, it's a full day um, on Saturday, uh, March 20th, and it, that is the spring equinox. And uh, so we have uh, three presentations. One is on um, uh, people care and self-care. The, um, the other one by David Braden uh, is going to be about earth care. And then the... Um, the last one by Elizabeth Franz is going to discuss collaboration through um, uh, through deep listening. Hmm. And uh, so uh, you can sign up for these uh, on our website, on Eventbrite, and uh, on our Facebook page. We have an event. And um, also, um, if people would like to sign up for our newsletter on the homepage down at the bottom of our website. Um, our newsletter gives the full uh, range of activities that we have planned. So that would be a great introduction to what, you know, how to think about permaculture in a maybe more holistic way or Mm -hmm. three different perspectives anyhow cool that's a great idea um okay and so then some of the other courses you have a bunch of other courses coming up as well want to make sure that we touch on oh, i think that covers the the main ones right now we do have um you know another financial permaculture course uh and um the decolonizing course, Michael Alcazar will be teaching that one too. And uh, indigenous phenology. Um, we have several different things that we're talking about, but we don't have dates on those yet. 
<laughs> okay. And okay. What, what does that mean exactly, the indigenous phonology? I don't know if I know what phonology actually means. Um, well, phonology uh, uh, is uh, uses of plants. So it talks about um, indigenous use use of plants. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah, that's so that's really cool. Um, and so then the last question I had was, uh, if people are maybe they're getting ready, primed <laughs> to start to maybe sign up for a permaculture design course, or they just want to do a bit more research. I know there's tons and tons of books out there. Um, which is probably a good thing because everybody has their own uh, perspective. But are there a few? We put some in the notes. Um, but okay. could you you want to give people some ideas about some of the books that are out there, something they might want to start with? Well, I have to give kudos to the Jefferson County Library because they have a wonderful collection of books. And so mm -hmm. you can check out various different um permaculture books and then decide which one is right for you because as you were saying you know there is no one book that covers everything and they all approach things from different perspectives here's one that i per i personally like a lot gay's garden by toby hemingway and um uh it it talks about permaculture without using the word permaculture a lot <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for so I see what you're saying. So some of the books are kind of more practical about what what you do, how to think about it, and others are more trying to explain the principles and more theoretical. Yes, more theoretical. Yeah, that would be a better way to say it. Right. Exactly. Okay, um, and. So Lee, what in kind of as we wrap up here, what what advice would you give to somebody that is, um, you know, just just wanting to get started? They're really not sure. They're they're feeling a little overwhelmed about doing this by themselves, or you know, and this could be somebody in Denver, but it could be someone anywhere in the world. Um, what how how do they go from <laughs> nothing to taking that first step. Okay, well, there are permaculture organizations throughout the world. And, you know, there are little community organizations like ours, and there are regional ones and um, uh, continent-wide organizations, and they all have lots of resources. Uh, permaculturalists like to talk about each other and, and, and things um, and different cases. And, um, and lastly, I would uh, advise you, if you're starting out, to um, get in touch with your neighbors and also to take a walk around your neighborhood and see what your neighbors are doing. And um, you'll, you may find that uh, there may be expert permaculturalists right in your neighborhood, uh, but they don't they don't really know it, but they're practicing it. Okay. You know, it's not it's not something that ha is a brand or has a trademark. You know, it's something that anybody can do. And so a permaculture. So when you're looking around, you're walking around your neighborhood and you see something that 
looks like permaculture to you, what what do you see? Like in your in your neighborhood, how does that actually look? Well, I see uh, some of my neighbors have raised beds where it, right in their front yards where they grow uh, vegetables, and um, and I uh, you know I can peek and peek around the corner and maybe see a compost bin, and you know maybe some even in my neighborhood there are, you can have six chickens, mm. uh, you can even have two goats or, huh. or rabbits. Things like that, all kinds of things, you know, even different ways of harvesting um, sticks from your uh, from your trees and making trellises and things like that. It's just really exciting. Rain barrels are starting to appear as well. So you're so you know those principles of like create no waste and catch them, whatever. But so you're seeing so you're seeing more life probably more pollinators, you know, so a lot mm -hmm. instead of a, a lawn, which is not exactly dead, but it doesn't have a lot going on. Right. Um, so you're, you're seeing, yeah, that's what I, what I see is more life, like different sizes and things happening at different times of the year that uh -huh. trees and bushes and, um, you know, some purple flowering, something that the bees and the, the butterflies, uh, seem like they really love. So yeah, so just that kind of uh, attention to your really micro micro uh, bioregion, so mm -hmm. your neighborhood. Oh, that's a great idea. And then you can talk with them. I mean, that's something when uh, I used to work with people in Pollinators Action Network, that's one of the things we talked about is you can tell people stop using pesticides and plant for pollinators. But if somebody just does it, then it is a natural attractant. They they probably would love to tell you how they're doing it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's great to just um, um, you know when you come upon a neighbor who's working in the yard, um, you know, just ask them a question or two and just get to know them, and you'll be practicing social permaculture. <laughs> so you'll be you'll be doing two things at once, which. We in permaculture, we call that stacking functions. <laughs> right, when you're do, doing multiple things. I was listening to a podcast of a, a guy in Sacramento. It was a, a Native American guy who had come out of prison. They'd been in prison for like 18 years. Didn't know what to do. His grandfather, I think, said, well, how about you could start with this garden? And so now he has all these different community gardens in town. But one of the things he does is if he sees a kid riding his bike, he'll yell out to him, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> Come over and talk to me. Let's see what we got going on here. <laughs> but I, I love that. The, so those are the different, you know, the multiple layers of, of permaculture, of social, you know, giving people some hope and uh, connecting them to to nature and all the the beauty and abundance that's right there if we choose to. Absolutely, Joan. Yeah, terrific. All right, well, thank you so much, Lee, for hanging out with us today. So again, that's Lee Recca from the Denver Permaculture Guild. Uh, we've got the the contact info, the website there, but I think that the email address is, I'm just gonna put that in the chat. Denver Permaculture Guild at gmail.com. 
Okay, so if you go to the Denver Permaculture Guild website, you don't see what you need, then you can um, reach out by email as well. All right, well, thanks everybody for joining us. And next week, we're gonna be talking about the, uh, the Earth Week Summit, which is so fun. We had so many really um, cool things that, that we're gonna be doing with that. Uh, so can't wait to tell you all about it. And there's Susan Kircher there saying, thank you, ladies. Uh, thank you. Yeah, she's one of the people. She started a, um, a, a neighborhood group or a city group in Fountain, Colorado. So she's got a pod going and they're doing everything from showing up for a food drive to a cleanup to trees. So, yeah, it is really neat when people get together and make a difference and definitely feeling better. Um, and John says, thanks. I'll be joining and keeping in touch. Oh, how cool. That's great. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Lee, for everything that, that you're doing and the Denver Permaculture Guild. And I can't wait to take the, the PDC this, this year. So thanks a lot. Looking forward to it. Thanks for inviting me. All right. Bye.